This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Slareth, along with my uh, co-host, Mike Evans. You hear it in my voice. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I got a little bit of a uh, uh, frog. I, I, I think, you know what? Here's the deal. Karma. Karma's a bitch. I uh, have been making fun of Patrick Mahomes and his voice, and this is what you get for it. So that's the way it goes. Luckily, I am uh, sucking on a core water right now, which is really helping my throat because core water is absolutely delicious, and it's perfectly balanced to match the electrolytes and, and the pH balance. I use balance twice. Of your own body, I don't even know what that means. 7.4, I know that. Potential hydration, pH. Potential hydration. All I know is it's absolutely delicious, award-winning, crisp, clean taste. I just gave some to you two yahoos um, because they drop it off at my house, and I felt like I'm the one benefiting from the core water. So I wanted you guys. I thought your performances haven't been that good. I thought maybe it was a lack of hydration is what I thought because – I am perfectly hydrated, balanced, 7.4. If I urinated right now, it'd come out at 7.4, whatever that means. <laughs> that's wow. that's where it is. Wow. You guys are probably urinating at a 2.1 or something. Me, a 7.4. That's Core Water, uh, proudly presents this show. You can find Core Water at 7-Eleven, the one with the big blue cap and the giant suck hole. That's Core Water. Check them out. Learn more at hydratewithcore.com. Before we start, can yeah. I just get a manana? I can't even do it. It's no. not even good. No. But it's true. You've been making fun of Patrick Mahomes' voice, which he does sound like the manana guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, that boy can play. Oh my lord! Jared Goff can play. Oh my goodness! I, that's all anyone's been talking about. Remember this the herd week? mentality last last year? Jared Goff is a wasted first overall draft pick. He can't play. You know, and it comes down to that conversation. Is it the player or is it the coach? And and ultimately, Mike, it's a little bit of both, right? I mean, you got to have great players. There's no question you've got to have great players. But you got to put those players in positions to have success. That's where the coaching comes in. I mean, I, you could put, a, you could put a, a crappy player in great position. He's still a crappy player. He's not going to get it done. But if you can put a guy that has talent, that has football acumen, knowledge, in a great position, that guy can have some success. All right, and that's so what's, what we're seeing. What's the overall takeaway from Rams, Chiefs? You know, there's there's some who say this is where the NFL is going. Get ready for it. There's more of this on the horizon. 
Others immediately, there was backlash that if this is the way, way the NFL is going, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want that much scoring. Right. I need defense. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think one for you know for the guy who goes, I don't want this. I I won't watch. You know, this is awful and uh, blah 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 blah. One, the NFL doesn't care about you. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, protest the like last year, all the I'm never gonna watch the NFL again, and and I'm protesting the NFL. Um, this just in, the ratings are up. People are digging it. People like it. If you're a staunchy old, you know, black socks on my lawn guy, the NFL will say, hey, I hope it works out for you. Good luck. You can watch baseball. That's what they'll say to you. They don't care. You know, you, you think about they are servicing their clients, the clients that they've cultivated. They've cultivated a group of people that have, have grown up playing Madden and and playing fantasy football. And the only thing they've done is they've created a game that mimics what they grew up playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, let's take this vi- video game generation. They grew up playing Madden. That was their exposure to the NFL. And now let's service that clientele by making a game that, that looks like what they played their whole lives. And isn't that kind of what, what they've done? I mean, that, that to me is smart marketing. So for every one staunchy old, I'll never watch it, there's not enough defense, there are six people that are like, ooh, shoot, I'm in. Both male, female, doesn't matter. And then you start thinking about, you start thinking about, Mike, just the scores in general. Like everybody has reacted like every game is 54 to 51. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, 20 to 16. Green Bay, Seattle, 24-27. Dallas, Atlanta, 22-19. Carolina, Detroit, 19 to 20. Tennessee, Indianapolis, blowout, 10 to 38. Tampa, New York Giants, 35-38. But then you go through it. Houston, Washington, 23-21. Baltimore, Cincinnati, 24-21. Oakland, Arizona, 23-21. Denver Chargers, 23-22. Right? Minnesota, Chicago, 25-20. Like the, the the vast majority of games are going to be close one score in the twenties games. It's not like every game is going to be fifty four fifty one. You know what I would say if if it was the NFL would be like thank you Lord. And in that fifty four fifty one game, there were three defensive touchdowns. So I, I think that's somewhat of an anomaly, but the rules are bent toward that. They're going to continue to be bent toward that. And, you know, the scores are going to continue. The touchdowns are up. The average score is up. You know, everything is up. And I I believe the owners are sitting there right now in their offices counting their money. Why should they change? There's no motivation. And so with the TV ratings up, Monday Night Football up 21% from a year ago. Thursday Night ratings are way up. And you just said more points and more touchdowns have been scored to this point this season than ever in NFL history. People like it. People are digging it. And my argument isn't that 54-51 is proof that we're here, that we've arrived at what the future of the NFL now looks like. I'm just saying 54-51 represents where we're going. Right. No, I would would agree with that. Now, there are things that have to happen if 
you know, you're going to have that kind of wide open attitude. I do believe that rosters need to be expanded. I do believe in a lot of things that that need to happen with the NFL. But let me tell you what, like people are excited. Like, Mike, did you not sit there watching Monday Night Football completely mesmerized? I when the Rams went up. 54-51 with like a minute 40-some seconds. I'm like, oh, my God, they left way too much time on the clock. A minute and minute and 40, whatever. Oh, are you guys foolish? Should have stepped out of bounds and used some more clock before you scored. I mean, that's how that's how crazy that game was. And um, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it was absolutely can't-miss television. I mean, it was must-see. I'm, I'm hunkered down on my couch and I am the the back and forth nature, and you know I love to see the running game. They and the next time I'm I'm in front of a coach every week, I'm in front of a GM every week, and they talk about you know defensive coordinators are like first uh, first order of business, got to stop the run, make them one dimensional, baloney. Like I'm done with that because nobody plays that way. Stink. Lamar Jackson had more carries than Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley combined. There you go. I mean, your your run defense is, hey, we got not we don't have a linebacker on the field. We're in nickel, we're in dime, maybe we use one linebacker and it's all DBs playing linebacker. I mean, that's what the league has come down to. And and we're playing at 6 yards depth and going, we'll give you 5 yards of carry. We don't care. I mean, that in that what in that what it really has become? Does anybody truly line up and say you're not going to run it on us? Not really. So, I mean, that's that's the way the league. That's the way. If I was if I was coaching in this league right now, I think defensively, I'd have my linebackers at about seven yards depth, and I go, let's play from high to low. Forget about dropping back and let's put you. Let's put you to take away the crossing routes initially. Let's 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 put you in a position to defend the intermediate passing game right now. And you got to rally up, and you got to make tackles in space. And it every time they carry the ball, it's going to be second down and four. You know that's all right because if you can put twelve plays together, you know on all runs, um, you know, our defensive linemen are going to beat your offensive linemen occasionally, and occasionally we're going to put you in a second down and twelve situation. And hopefully that's going to be enough during each drive to either stall it or make you kick a field goal. All right, you and I are both traditionalists. We both have watched football for a long time, and you, of course, play and comment on it for the last 30 years. Uh-huh. Do you you liked what you saw Monday night? I did, too. But if that became the new norm, do you think you'd like it over and over and over again? Do you think you'd get sick of it? No, I think I would adjust to it. I mean, I think I, I think it's like anything else, you know? I mean, it's... It's as the game changes, the game evolves. You know, it's still about blocking people. It will always be about blocking people and tackling people at its at its core. But the, the game just continues to evolve, Mike. And um, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with watching. I mean, I'm okay with being entertained. And, Are you not entertained? Yeah, and, and how could you not be entertained? That was a thoroughly entertaining football game. It was entertaining. It was fun. Speaking of fun, by the way, I'm wondering, is Lane Johnson having fun? <laughs> Sorry. I 
I can't resist the snark and the sarcasm. I thought it was so ridiculous when he said last year, I'd rather win one Super Bowl having fun in Philadelphia mm. than win five Super Bowls and be miserable in New England. So I'm just curious. Yeah, be careful what I'm you wish curious. for. Are you right? having fun right now, Lane Johnson? Yeah, be careful what Eagle you wish fans, for. Eagle fans, you having fun? Maybe you're living on. You're living on that Super Bowl glory, and it was and it was awesome. I, I will tell you this: this is a human nature thing, but it, it certainly applies in the National Football League. It is so much easier. It's so much easier to respond to adversity, to respond to the bad times. It's so much easier to deal with those things than it is to deal with success. Success is so much more difficult to have the maturity as a human to continue to do the things that you have to do to have that success. Like when you're playing from behind, you know, and you're not, and nothing's expected of you and your, your attention to detail is great and everything else, you have some success, man. It is so much harder to handle success. Yeah, I, I tell you, show me a dude <clears throat> that handles success well, that remains uh, genuinely humble, that is thankful, that um, that that really understands how blessed that guy is. Yeah, that's. I think that's why it's hard. I always I always joke around, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm being honest. It's so much easier to deal with my failures than it has been my successes because my successes, like I'm too busy patting myself on the back for how great I was. Like when you talk about failures, I've learned so much more about myself in the tough times than I ever did during the hard times. And I think when you win, that's why there's only been a handful of teams in the National Football League history that have gone back-to-back Super Bowl champions. Yeah, it is hard to repeat, but don't we typically see the team that loses in the Super Bowl ends up having more of the hangover than the team that wins the Super Bowl? Yeah, but how many repeat champions have there been? None since 04, 05 with the Patriots, and before that it was you guys here in Denver, 98-99. I mean, it's just it's just exceptionally difficult. Like, I was a member of that 91 team in, in Washington where that team is still considered, um, like the USA Today did a big poll and said that that was the number one um, Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl era, that was the best Super Bowl team ever, that 91 Redskins team. And... You know, top whatever defense, the top five, top five defense, top five offense, whatever it was, right? Um, but, like, we won that Super Bowl. That was my third year in the league. I was a pro bowler. It was, you know, it was like we had a bunch of guys on the pro. I mean, we were great. We just ran rough shot through people. I mean, you think about it. I think we played Atlanta in the playoffs at home, beat them like 24-7. to We played Detroit in the NFC Championship. It was like. 42 to 10 or something. Then we beat Buffalo in the Super Bowl 24. It was 37-24, but I think, you know, we gave them a couple courtesy touchdowns at the end because, you know, we felt sorry for them type of thing. And, I mean, we just ran through the league. And you get done with that Super Bowl and you think, man, we're going to win two or three more. A couple injuries, a couple of guys, you know, are satisfied, whatever. And... It's it's amazing how difficult it is to maintain. That's why the Patriots run, to me, is one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. Your ability to consistently, every year, win 12 games, 
and be a Super Bowl contender? Like, how do you not get, like, how does Tom Brady or Bill Belichick not get satisfied with their success? Continue to do the things, continue to grind. We don't think of them, we don't think of them this way as a dynasty, but I, listening to you talk, just the fact that the Bills, I know they lost them all, but the the fact that they were able to go back to back to back to back Super Bowls despite losing them all. Right. One of the that's most, amazing. That's one of the most amazing feats in NFL yes. history. Yes, I don't think, and it and it gets forgotten. Yeah, to do that for four straight years, um, you know, but Mike, had they won one, would they have gone back four straight years? Probably not. Right, they'd have been too busy celebrating. Right, right, planning parades. So you know, Lane Johnson. I mean, I mean maybe you're satisfied. I don't know. I, I just losing is miserable. It's really hard, and I would rather grind knowing that, you know, I was I was talking, I was doing a Miami game, I was talking to Danny Amendola, and, I mean, they weren't going to pay him, so he left, and, you know, he talked about how hard and what a grind it was, and, and you, but you knew. In New England. In yeah, New yeah. England. But you knew at the end of the day, you're going to have a chance to win a championship. You're going to be in the thick of it. And yeah, it was a grind, and it was a pain, and and yeah, Belichick rides you, and you know, and there's some days where it's you know, it's like, oh Lord, here we go. But at the end of the day, you know, you're gonna have a chance. And I think ultimately, most players would rather know they're gonna have a chance to be successful, and and it's gonna be hard than you know to be with the Bills or the Jets or the Miami Dolphins and know that at the end of the day, you're not really going to win anything. Do you, you, know, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, and then there are those teams that I, I just have a hard time kind of pinning, putting my finger on what, what they are. Like, you take a team like the Chargers that we just watched last week. You know, they're, they're a team that just, it seems like they, they're really good. Yeah. And they should be really good. And... They've been playing at a level where we went into their game last week saying, hey, listen, they're they're shaping up as a team that nobody wants to play in the AFC. And then they go on and lose to Denver. And now you're left wondering, well, who are these guys? And do they have what it takes, that sense of urgency or whatever you want to call it, to be able to go from being a team that we all think should be good to a team that actually really is that good? You there know, always seems to be yeah. some sort of disconnect with it, them. It, it's surprising to me, too, because, you know, you look at the end of that game, the one thing you can't do, you came out of a timeout. The one thing you can't do if you're Phillip Rivers is throw an incompletion there. Like, I was surprised that he just didn't hand that ball off. But then Phillip Rivers, you go, okay, I get it. You got Phillip Rivers. Drop back. If it's open, throw it, get the completion. If it's not, just take the sack. Self-sack yourself. You know, like the old Peyton Manning self-sack. Just take the sack. He dirts it. Saves 40 seconds on the clock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, gives the Broncos plenty of time to drive down and kick a game-winning field goal. I, I, I just, like, like Phillip Rivers to me, as great as he is, and he's been great, and he probably will go to the Hall of Fame because he's going to compile numbers. But at that position, like, as important as that position is, especially here in the last 15 years that he's been playing, 
Is that enough to be a Hall of Famer? That you compile a lot of numbers. Like, well, I, I mean, that's, like, that's well, that's Dan Marino. I don't. Do you, okay, I will ask you this: Do you, when you think of all-time greats, and you think of of Dan Marino in that category, which I do. Do you think of Philip Rivers in the same no, category no, as Dan and, Marino? And I, and I was being unfair. That 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 was a that was a cheap shot on my part because Dan Marino was a witch. Dan Marino was and, just and they a went witch. to a Super Bowl. They, they lost go, it. Yep, yep, but they went. Dan Marino. I mean, come I on. Mean, I don't think talk of, about passing the eye test. Jeez. I don't think of. I, I mean, Eli Manning's got two World Championships, right? right? Two Super Bowls. I don't think of Eli, Eli as great as Eli is and his Super Bowl MVP and all that stuff. I don't think of him in the same category as no. Dan Marino. No. I don't think of Philip Rivers in that category. So like Is I, Philip I see, Rivers to quarterbacks is Philip Rivers to Hall of Fame quarterbacks what Curtin, Curtis Martin is to Hall of Fame running backs? Somebody who was really great good longevity, really good, maybe not great. No Super Bowls, but just just year in, year like, out, put up the numbers, and at the end of the day, when the career was over, you couldn't deny the Hall of Fame worthiness of those numbers. The hall, there should be a Hall of Good, mm. like the it was like the Justice League, you know. Back, what were they called? The Justice League back in the uh, where they go, like they're the Hall of Justice, the Hall of Justice. Meanwhile, back, back meanwhile, in back in the Hall of Justice. Meanwhile, back in the Hall of Good, Stink is knocking on the door. Can I come in? You know, you could be in the Hall of Fame of Good, the Hall of Good. Yeah, not great. No, no, I wouldn't give myself that. But good, the Hall of Good, Hall of Good. I'd take the Hall of Good. <laughs> Damn straight. There'd be a lot of guys in the Hall of Good. There would be a few guys' names you don't recognize in the Hall of Good. You know, like who the hell's that? <laughs> no, he was good. He was good. He was, he good. He was good. No, he was, he was good. really good. He was, he was good. really good. Yeah. You know that one guy. But, yeah, I mean, uh, that's a game. If you're the Chargers at home, first game you've been at home in, what, five weeks? Yeah. Against a Broncos team that is not very reeling, good. not very good. To make that kind of mistake as Phillip Rivers, it's just not, I don't know. Like, he'll go to the Hall of Fame, I'm sure. But of all the guys who haven't won, like, the guys who haven't won championships that are in the Hall of Fame. So, um. That's you know Warren Moon, um, Dan Fouts. Yeah. Do I think of? Like, See, it's I just really Fouts, hard Fouts was another guy where he just looked at him and went, "Come on, that guy, that guy's just great." I know. You know? See, that's but Rivers. I don't. I, I I can't. I don't think of Rivers that way. How about that? Let me ask you this about the draft class. Since we're on this, that draft class. Two, I think it's two thousand five draft class. Eli. Rivers and Roethlisberger. To me, Roethlisberger is head and yes. shoulders. Yes, head and shoulders. Proved it again last week with that comeback. They were dead. They were dead. And he threw a lot of picks that yeah. that, that helped bury them doesn't at matter. first, but it doesn't matter. He yeah. willed them back. Willed them back. Yeah. I'm telling. I like. I look at that class, and it's it's Roethlisberger, and then like the other two are gonna. I don't know. I just that's a that's a. I didn't mean to get in that discussion, but it's just no. an interesting. It's tough, and I, I know it. It's 
in many ways, it's unfair that we use championships as the ultimate measuring stick of all-time greatness. Sure. Of course it is. It's unfair to the Dan Marinos. It's unfair to the Dan Fouts's. It's unfair to the Charles Barkley's. But we have to have some way to keep score. And to me, knowing that no system is perfect, I think being able to point to championships is still the best way. Well, especially it's, it's still the best, especially in the ultimate team sport, which football is, and the ultimate position, the individual position, the ultimate team sport, which is quarterback, if you will. How can it be any more like that? Is you would agree that's the most important position in all of team sport? Yes, like that. Probably goaltender in right. hockey, right. but but right. quarterback head and shoulders above. You have more, you have more of a, um, more of a direct effect on the outcome than any other position. So, of course, the championship part is going to be part of the equation when you're kind of ranking where these guys fall. Um, and I don't know. I just look at that mistake, and I'm like, it, it's so Chargers football. Yeah, like that. Uh, watching that game. And knowing how much better they are, just in general, I mean, they got Joey Bosa back. I mean, they got. I mean, defensively, they've been great. They, just knowing Chargers football, you know, and, and I like to call you Captain Intangible, and I think of you as like Captain Underpants. You're in tidy whiteies with a, you know, like a tight white T-shirt with a big eye on it, Captain Intangible. And you know, you always talk about that, but like the Chargers are the opposite of intangible. They're like. Their intangibles are they're going to find a way to keep you in a game, whether it's their lack of being able to find a kicker that can be, you know, they can. I mean, they missed an extra point in that game. Yep. That's twenty three twenty three ball game at the end. They go into overtime, but because they missed an extra point, they end up losing that game. Like they have a they have a a way about them to keep you in a game all the way to the end of it, regardless of who they're playing. You ready for some uh, turkey day picks? Yeah, I am. I am. You so ready to roll? we're gonna pick all three, okay? Where are we on the on the pick list? Well, right funny you should say that, Mark. After mm-hmm. a two and one week for me, I am now twenty one and thirteen, and after a one and I, two I, week I, for I you, I was sure I took the Giants on that pick 'em over no, Tampa. No, you took Tampa in a pick 'em. Uh, the damn it, you are now twenty thirteen and one. So that tie, which has helped you for most of the year. Has got me a half game back. Has now have you a half game back. So we are still very, very close. All right. And we're going to pick all three games. Now, if we agree so on one it. of the games, that's okay. So be it. So all let's right. start with uh, Chicago coming off that uh, statement Sunday night win. Short week on the road at Detroit Bears, a three-point favorite. Who are you taking? I'm going to take Detroit. I'm going to take Detroit. Uh, it, it's funny, after everybody complained about Matt Patricia practicing his Lions out in the snow last week, mm-hmm. guess what they did? They went inside and actually played a good physical game and beat a, a high-flying Carolina team. I think Detroit, right. they play well at home on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I'm still not 100% convinced about Chicago. Detroit at home getting three points. Um, and by the way, on Sunday morning in Detroit, it snowed. They practiced in the snow, and then it snowed. Even though they were indoors, they drove to the stadium and saw the snow, and I think that's what got them over the top, Mike. I'm 100% with you. 
I uh, Mitch Trubisky may not play, got a shoulder injury. He may not start this game. I think Detroit plays well on Thanksgiving Day. They're used to it. It's a short week. It's hard to travel on a short week. I'm taking Detroit as well. I'm going to take another uh, underdog in a rivalry game. I know Washington, it looks pretty helpless. Their offensive line is banged up. Now Alex Smith is out. They're going to Dallas, but there's something about a rivalry game. And, again, I just don't trust the Cowboys with prosperity. So um, I think Dallas wins, but I'm going to take Washington plus the 7.5 against the boys. Wow. I am... I'm actually going to go opposite you on this pick. I'm going to take the boys. I'm going to take the boys covering that seven and a half, uh, ten point win. They have finally recognized that they're not a high flying offense that's that's predicated on Dak Prescott spreading the ball around. Um, one big change for them: Xavier Suafilo, the left guard position. They started him a couple weeks ago when Connor Williams was hurt, and he went out and dispensed justice. I mean, solidified their run game. That offensive line is back to dominating the line of scrimmage. They know this offense runs through Zeke Elliott. Defensively, their front seven man is phenomenal. Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch. The edge presence, their ability to rush the passer against Colt McCoy in a banged-up offensive line. I'm taking the Cowboys to win by double digits. So I'm two for two going for underdogs. You think I make it three for three? Uh, I do! What? Yes. Again, division, rivalry game. It's, it's, it's too easy. New Orleans looks too good, too dominant. Atlanta coming off a disappointing loss to... Dallas at home, which pretty much effectively sinks them. It, everything points to New Orleans, right? I just think that Atlanta, um, you know, it's funny. None of these guys want to go on the road to play a Thursday night game, mm-hmm. except for Thanksgiving. There's just something about playing on Thanksgiving. And I think that Atlanta, well, no, see, I, this is. This I is, would argue with you because I've played on Thanksgiving. I hated every second of it, but continue. Okay. I mean, I like your intangibles, even yeah, though well, you don't know shit, I've but been. that's great. <laughs> You've never actually been to a Thanksgiving Day game, but go ahead. Says, Continue. Says Continue. the guy who correctly picked the Chargers to lose last week based oh, on intangibles. So Lord. I'm going to take Atlanta plus the 13. Really? Plus the 13. Now, I'm, I'm not picking any upset. I mean, New Orleans wins the game, but I'm going to take Atlanta with the 13. All right. that's uh, You know what? I just, for the sake of argument, because I thought about going that way, but I don't like you right now. And, um, <laughs> and so I'm going to go. I'm taking New Orleans. At home, they are an absolute juggernaut. They are, though. I think the I think the big thing that's been interesting about Atlanta is they have lost their running game. Their big play potential in the passing game really was set up by the way they ran the ball consistently and the aggressiveness and the physic the physicality of their running game. Um, that is not the same this year, and. I, they just don't feel like they've got that same. They they don't they don't have that same explosiveness on offense because of that. Julio Jones is still great, you know. Their their receiving core is still awesome. Um, I just don't think you can go to New Orleans and keep up with this New Orleans Saints offense. Plus, New Orleans Saints defensively have been they've been scored ninety nine and given up twenty one the last two games. I think more of that, more of the same continues. I've got New Orleans covering the thirteen. I think it's time for you to tap out. 
I know my throat is just, but I feel great. I know. Isn't that the worst? When you feel great and it just drains into your throat and you're like, no, I, I would rather feel great and have a, a scratchy, itchy throat than feel terrible and, and be able to speak well. Good point. Speaking of scratchy and itchy, I need a courtesy wipe. Um, what? <laughs> leaves in the gutter? <laughs> May have to. Um, On that note, happy Thanksgiving, yeah, everybody. Happy thanks- eat well. Yeah, eat well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Giblets, anybody? Right. Speaking of gravy. Um no, I gave you some single green chili. Yeah. You know what? Heat it up. Use it over your mashed potatoes and turkey as opposed to gravy. Mm. Stinkagood.com hey, stink if you want to get some of that. Uh, for everybody associated with the show, uh, for our presenting sponsor, Core Water, we thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back um, to to make our, our moneymaker picks. Friday. Friday. It's just an extension today. But our moneymakers brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be back on Friday.